and welcome to the Golden Rock Podcast, bringing you some of the latest and greatest Pokemon news and a few laughs along the way. I'm joined by fellow Pokemon enthusiast, Connie. Before we begin, you can jump around the podcast by using the timestamps in the description below. Connie, how are we? I'm doing all right, mate. I'm doing all right. And you know what? I never, ever ask how you're doing. How are you today, Ben? I'm I'm all right. Thanks. Thanks for asking. I, I've never noticed that you don't ask me to. It's because I'm the host, though, isn't it? So I guess it's my my job to kind of, you know, ask how you're doing. But yes, it's, it is nice to be asked how, how I'm doing. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I think I'm coming down with a bit of a cold man flu, maybe because man flu is a real thing. It is. We um, suffer worse than women. I'm sorry to say we it, it's just one of those things. It's just biologically. It is proven by science. That men, that men get it worse in, in that regard. By the way, I, I'm just making that up, so I don't. Know I, I, like. I don't know. I I think it's actually proven that women get it worse, but men can handle it less. But that actually okay, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the actual science behind it. Is there something to do with how our systems work? That just means we actually yes. can't physically deal with it as well. That probably makes sense. Like men, men like. You know, man, manly, manly men. I'm not a manly man at at all. And like, I, I, I'm a whinger. When I'm ill, I will whinge and complain and make it sound like I'm worse than I actually am. Unfortunately, um, I'll whinge, I'll moan, and then you know, my partner's just like, "Is it really that bad?" I'm like. Well, no, but I want to whinge and moan about it. Well, that's it. It's like we sit there and complain, and women will just look at us and go, "Yeah, but it's not childbirth, though, is it?" give it a rest <laughs> yes yes we yeah nothing nothing like nothing will be as bad as like as painful as that Ma- men can never understand that feeling and to be quite honest with you i'm okay with I'm that. Right. i, do, I'm, I'm I don't grateful, want to go honestly. through that <laughs> i don't want to go through that because it's just like when you as you get older and you because, like, obviously, we all we all know, like, our our mums went through childbirth, but it's only really like as you grow older and you realise how bad it was. It's like, yeah, I guess if if my mum does ask me to, you know, help out or something, I should probably do it after what they went through for us. It's like, yeah, okay, I'll do it for you, mum. I carried you for nine <laughs> months. You will carry the bags to the kitchen. Exactly. You'll do the that's the bare minimum I request of uh, of you. Un- unfortunately. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> after going off on a little tangent there, um, should we jump into the, the, the main main segment of this week's podcast? Um, so, Connor, I think it's probably best if you introduce this because it was your idea. Okay, so Pokemon have just released their latest anime miniseries on YouTube called Hisuian Snow, which covers... Mm. It's 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 tied into Legends Arceus. It is the tie into Legends Arceus. Yeah. Now we will eventually, somewhere down the line, reach the Pokemon Journeys episodes that are also tied into Legends Arceus. No spoilers now, but that does okay. come up. But this was their spin-off show, which Pokemon have been doing quite a lot of over the last couple of years. We've had Pokemon Origins, we had I'm now going to forget all the names of the others completely oh. yep no nope, they're all gone they got they got <laughs> they exist they do <laughs> you're not making them up there was no oh what was the other one it's on the tip of you know when something's on the tip of your tongue and it's like it's in your brain but it's jumbled up or it's fuzzy generations and evolutions 
Right, were two okay, of them, and then you right, also okay. had Twilight Wings, which was, was very specifically to, yeah. to do with Sword and Shield. So they've done a lot. Right. They've done a lot over the okay. recent years. How many okay. of those have you watched? So I've watched Origins. So hold on, let me get, let me figure. This. Is Origins the one that ends with? Um, it basically follows Red. Yes, it's the story Red of story Red and through. Blue. Yes, and it ends with it, they've changed the they they change it a little bit because at the very end he gets a mega revolution, right? Yeah, he gets a mega Charizard versus yes, Mewtwo. That's it. So so I have seen that one and I was absolutely blown away by that. I absolutely loved it. Um I loved that the Pokemon battles in that felt like it was the perfect combination between the games and the anime where I remember he, he takes on Brock with the Charmander and Brock's like, oh, so you're a new trainer. Okay, I'll only use two Pokemon. Yeah. And I was like, that that is what the games... Like, I would love if that is is how it is in, in the new games where because you can take on... Apparently, you can take on the gyms in any order. Like, what is typically the eighth gym? Oh, I'll take that on first, so it's going to be easier. But then the first gym that you'd typically take on. Well, I'm going to take on them last. So could you imagine if if that was the same for Gen 1 and you took on Brock last and he's got, you know, five or six level 50s. He's got, instead of a, you know, a, 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 a Geodude, he's got a Graveler, for example, and he's got, obviously he's got his Onyx or maybe even a Steelix or something like that. I would, I would love to see that. So the fact that they did that in... The anime, I was like, oh, that's a, that's a nice little touch. And I, I love that. And I love that when they're battling and you can see their HP on the on the, like, the TV monitors or, or the, the big screens that the, obviously the, the people that are attending are watching. And I just love seeing Gen 1 done in that kind of animation style. It, so I love that. It brings it to life a lot. A lot of those yes. bits of in-game lore that kind of yeah. makes sense because it's a game it's like no this is this is yes. why it works in real life this is how that's it just fleshes it out a lot more and i think exactly it's, it, as you mentioned the art style in that it's very different to the anime because yeah although this was still in the era of x and y which as i said on a previous show had a very shonen feel to the animation mm. this i don't I'm I'm not clued in enough to tell you how it's different, but I can tell it's different. Yes. You can feel yes. it. It it feels grittier. It feels Oh, it's the it's the fact that uh, if if this is what you meant by gritty, is that like the Pokemon battles feel a lot more raw. Like when when Squirtle actually uses bikes and it actually just proper chomps onto Charmander. And I remember seeing that and thinking, I don't think I've ever seen that level of like Pokemon violence? No, usually it's the, like the a highlighted anime? row of teeth that don't make yeah. contact. And it's just, that's the, what the move looks like. Yeah. And the, the squirrels just proper went for it. And I absolutely love that. And I, I know I'm getting off, uh, like jumping ahead a little bit. I love Giovanni. I don't know if you remember Giovanni in that Pokemon mm-hmm. Origins and his storyline where like when when Red is actually battling him, and Giovanni's just like got this inner monologue talking about how did I forget about this and the thrill of the battle and what it means to be a trainer. And I, I love that that's where he ends up, where, which you don't really see 
in the original games and because like the story isn't there's not really a story in the original games you you go off and you do different things and there's a handful of dialogues like giovanni actually felt like a a threat in pokemon origins but actually a character you could understand as well yeah so they did a lot with origins where they kind of took red and blue made it an anime twisted it a little bit because i can't Mm, quite mm. work out what storyline it's supposed to be taking because it's not it's not red and blue because obviously he gets the mega charizard at the end which means it's in the mega timeline but the only red and blue Mm. games that are in the mega timeline is let's go pikachu and eevee but it's definitely not let's go pikachu and eevee so where does it sit technically question mark it's it's in its its own world it's in its own universe it is yeah i i've heard that before from the the i'm pretty sure i've read it online and i'm pretty sure in those articles they've said that the developers or the owners of of the pokemon company or whoever it is um maybe the director at game freak has said that each of the different games take place in their own universe so there's basically a multiverse of pokemon which is why you can overlook like inconsistencies or errors or conflicts in terms of timeline or plot points and 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 things like it's why obviously let's go is supposed to kind of be a sequel but it yeah. also does a lot of the same things that happened in the original pokemon games it's it's very strange like that but it, it's pretty obvious that for me at least that the fact that he gets Me- like mega charizard is it x yep. i think it is um like sure that was just a, a massive promotion for go and buy pokemon x and y well, of course it's it was. got I, mega revolutions for your starters it, i think it actually came out before x and y i think right, that was okay. our first reveal of charizard x ah that makes sense now that makes this sense. this series kind of tied into the whole because they were doing a big nostalgia push at the time to to set the context for you pokemon x and y was coming out we knew we were gonna get the kanto starters again um i think we'd just been shown uh mega mewtwo so they're already tying that back to like the first legendary and stuff like that pokemon go was out but you could only catch the original 151 so yeah. there was so much nostalgia for these original games and it was pushing pokemon forward a lot and they decided to capitalize on it with Pokemon Origins. Yeah. And I think they really did. I think it's a fantastic series oh, yes. that stands yes. on its own. It doesn't need to be tied into anything else in the universe. It just no. works. No. It it helps if you have played the games because it yes. fast forwards through a lot of it. Yes, yes. But in, the exploration of like Lavender Tower is one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, you get to see Mister Fuji and like get his mm. whole story. And yeah. the the so, Marowak is there actually. Cubone's lost yes. son, I believe it is, which yeah. is fantastic. I think I think that's one of the things I liked about it is that it didn't tread the same ground as the anime. No, that's true. I think that's one of the things that really stood out because obviously the the first episode is very much. Oh, he's taking on Brock. I've kind of already seen this. But then episode two starts with pretty much a montage of Red just just powering through different parts of, of the game. And then at that point, I was like, okay, so it isn't just a let's retell the same story, but instead of Ash, you've now got Red and it's a bit more faithful to the games. It is more 
This is a unique spin that we're going to do on the original Pokemon game. And even his team is more based on like what was actually good in the games. Because I think he takes on the mm. Elite Four with a Persian, which of course yes. back in the day was freaking broken uh, because it had yeah, such a yeah. high crit potential because of its speed yes. and slash. So it's really cool to see that included on a main character's team because as far as the anime has always been concerned, Persian is the evil cat. It's yes. it's a member of Team Rocket and always has been. I just I just really liked it. And then of course we had after that they went on to Generations. I believe was next. So I think I've seen some of them on YouTube. So that is just like different parts of the games, like little elements of each of the games brought to life. So I think the one that stands out to me is is one of the episodes I saw is where they're doing the. Team Rocket hidden base in Johto with Dragonite and Lance. Okay, was that in Generations? Because there's two now. Oh, so Generations oh, is and Evolutions. So to my oh, okay. to my memory, Generations mm. was kind of like a snapshot of the games. Okay, and then Evolutions was very specific elements from each of the games. Okay. So, for instance, you've got like uh, Lysander taking uh, taking over the ultimate weapon and firing it off. That whole battle oh. at the end, that is just brought to life in anime. I'm gonna I'm gonna pause for just a second. I'm gonna pull up all of the information here. So I yeah I looked it up because the I I specifically remember Generations episode one, which yeah. is like a snapshot of every single game. Because they go on an adventure from Kanto through Kalos. Oh, okay. But it does look like they did, for instance, you've got the Cyrus taking over Dialga and Palkia and fighting Giratina. You've got one with Deoxys. You've got the two, I was going to say Omegas, but the two primal reversions for oh. Kyogre and Groudon there. There's, there's N... There's the fight. Oh, that's a really good one. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just I'm just flicking through YouTube now. I get really excited seeing these. So there's there's episode 13, The Uprising, which is the part from Pokemon Black and White where the gym leaders all show up at the end oh, to fight Team really? Plasma. Yeah, oh. no, it's really, really cool. Like, they don't do the fight, but they have that moment where everybody shows up. It's like, we are gym leaders. We are here to take you down. Oh, that's great. Oh, uh, I, need to, I need to watch these. I, I So... To go back to the original question, I've not seen, I don't think I've seen any of these, or at least most of these have just passed me by, I guess. Um, but this is making me excited and wanting me to, making me want to go back and binge these. They're, they're well worth it. And again, they're in that similar kind of animated style where it's mm. more realistic is the wrong term but yeah. it's got it's it, there's more adult-esque oh. art style to it okay okay do you think do you think they do this because like in my head i'm thinking that obviously they do the anime and sometimes maybe there are things that get cut out of the anime because of time or things that are adapted for the anime and then not the what what the you know, the director or the the team's original vision was, so they've had to adapt it. So this is their opportunity to go back and go, okay, we didn't like how we did that in the anime, or we didn't get the chance to, to show that in the anime. Therefore, we're going to do its own, you know, little 
offbeat episode about these these areas of the games. See, I'm not sure. I don't think it is necessarily that it's bits that we didn't get to see in the anime that we really wanted to show. I think it's Pokemon recognizing that the anime is aimed at younger audiences. Yes. And not all of their consumers are that young anymore. As mm. you said last week, a lot of them have grown up now. They're all yeah. in their 30s or nearly there. They need to provide something for that audience. Mm. Mm. And and I think that's what this is. It's a case of, look, there is the anime and there is the games. The games, the games appeal to more people than the anime does. Let's make an anime that is specifically for that audience. And then it's released on YouTube. I don't know why it's not on any TV show. Maybe that's because they can keep the episode shorter. And yeah. that allows them to put more money, get more out of it with relatively similar or slightly less money. Yeah, they if they're uploading it straight to their YouTube channel, they probably have they 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 then probably have more control because a they don't have to make it a certain length and, and then make sure there's enough time built in for adverts and things like that, and they can probably, like you said, be a bit more mature with the content. Um, you know, if you were to whack uh, talking about like Isunian Snow that we're going to come on to in a bit, like. Some of those episodes, I think they'd struggle to put on a on a children's TV channel without making some quite serious changes, I think, to the content. So YouTube probably allows them to get around some of those issues and for their, you know, their artists and, and, and the teams behind these to just, you know, flex that creativity a little bit and, and, and create something that aligns with what their vision is without the constraints of making sure it's you know, it meets any of the standards or criteria for TV. And flex is a good word for it, because they are mm. flexing in this with the animation. Yeah, yeah, they they definitely are. So, Like the colours, the lighting, there are two that specifically stand out to me, especially we're going to talk about Hisuing Snow. Yes. It's gorgeous. It is absolutely beautiful. Like, I, I, I'm watching this, and my first thought is, are these... Is this done in a computer, or have they actually gone and painted a lot of these scenes? I, I, I still don't know. I can't tell. So I think the the one that stood out to me was, and I'm going to skip to like the third episode, that Garchomp fight at the end. Mm. I think that Garchomp was 3D. Right. I think okay. elements of that Garchomp were 3D. Okay. Like it, it didn't stand out massively, but I was like, ooh, um... I I I I see the harder edging there a little bit. Right, okay. Okay. But I see what you're saying like it feels like old school animation where they yeah. paint in all the background and it look yes. really gorgeous and then they'd lay uh I don't know what the sheeting is called. I'm a really bad I'm a really bad anime fan. I can't, I, I can't tell you what the sheeting's called that they lay over the top of it. Oh, I'm got a but, clue. I don't know. You know, it's the way they do it is they would back in the days before we all had computers, you'd have you know, you paint your background and then you would have your sheets that you'd lay over. And like the cells kind of thing. Um, I'm trying to think what the name is, but I, I, know, I know what you mean. Yeah. Because then you, you, you don't change the background. You just change the individual, almost the animations. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, so just, just watching this, um, I think one of the things that stood out to me straight away is it definitely seemed more mature in terms of like just watching this as a as an adult 
actually made me scared of Pokemon. Like, it's actually... It's actually, like, sent shivers down my my spine just thinking, I don't think I've watched anything Pokemon-related that puts me on edge. And to the point where it's so different to the present-day anime, where life just seems so fragile, harsh, and difficult, yeah. and unforgiving. And that is definitely something that they tried to get across in Legends Arceus, where... You know, they actually say things like "Don't die out there," and this. Yeah. I'm going. I'm going to send you out into the wilds to die. Good luck. Pretty much, yeah. And yet, this made me feel like, oh, I, I actually wouldn't want to exist in this Pokemon world because it does not seem like it's not it, forgiving. No, in the slightest. No, it's it, it's definitely not. It does feel like you make one slip up and you are just left out there. You you are you are absolutely just gone and the fact that they when they introduce Zorark and they explain that it's it's mistreated and one of the one of the people actually say pokemon and people can never coexist and i think this is the first time where i've actually felt myself a little bit swayed by that argument and thinking i can kind of understand why people think that yeah no, it, it does make sense. And again, as you say, they did a really good job of putting you in that time, putting mm. in that era, putting you in that mindset of, no, there is danger around every corner. And if you go out into the big, harsh, wild world, you will just get messed up. Yeah. Everything yeah. will. Everything is out to get you. Yes. And then we follow this little lad who... Alec is luckily, his name, apparently. Alec, yeah, yes. Alec is his name. Gets separated from his father. Yeah. And comes across a shiny Zorua. So, which was cute because like when I saw that, I was like, why does that look different? And it took me a while to figure out. I was like, oh, it's because I've never seen that, that the shiny form of it. Um, and I don't know if you have the same thought as me. The moment he went off and he found it, I, I was sat there and I didn't know how many episodes this was going to be. My first first thought was wait this is just how to train your dragon for pokemon right this is where this is going (laughs) i'm gonna bring him home and i'm gonna change the the village's idea of what pokemon is but it actually is quite nice because it sets up as a prequel for legends arceus yes because we later see silene who's got slightly longer hair than she does in the game she's still part of the security corps she hasn't taken on her role yet um, oh, is she, she not? In the game. Oh. No, she, she hasn't taken on her captain role yet. Okay. So I really, really liked it as a setup for that game of, yes. all right, no, people don't like Pokemon. People mm-hmm. don't want anything to do with them because they are dangerous. Like there's even that part in the third episode where a rufflet gets like spat out of a, yes, um, a distortion space time zone. rift yeah, yeah. and starts flying towards the gate and you can hear it's 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 amazing to me that they did this it's the kids that are screaming no it's injured we need to help it yes because that's how children are they don't see danger they just see something somebody's in need i i can help yeah and so they close the gates on them it's like it's a little rufflet it's already injured what are you doing yeah what are you doing but from their point of view like this this is like they they are explorers in a land they don't know, and mm-hmm. if they don't know what that Pokemon is, if because this is before technology, before the Pokedex, this is this for some of them could be the first time seeing that Pokemon. And don't get me wrong, it looks all cute and 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 adorable, but 
you know, if they've come across Pokemon that are dangerous out in the wild, and I'm sure there are, you know, smaller Pokemon, like, obviously, when we think of the dangerous Pokemon Legends Arceus, we think of, like, you know, um, like Garchomp, Lucario, the, the alphas that are really strong and powerful. But, like, we've seen, like, the Shinx are quite aggressive in, you know, the Obsidian Fields land. Mm-hmm. And you'd probably think, Oh, I can go up to that and pet that. So they're probably seeing that the adults are probably seeing this rough. This what was it? A, a roughlet is it? Was it yeah. called? Probably seeing that and thinking, yeah, let let let's close the gates because we don't. We've seen what these cute Pokemon can actually do. And and, and to be fair, you don't want to let the rufflet in and then have to deal with the Braviary mother afterwards. Yes, co- coming in. Oh, yeah, because no wall is keeping that thing out. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. Well, it's especially because the wall only goes up to a certain height. Like, and most Pokemon that can, oh, I don't know, use dig, use teleport, that can fly or, fly. or surf uh, around to, to the, the wherever you start in the Prelude Beach or whatever it's called. Like, it's that, that is not keeping anything out. At all, like those those mons are are getting in, and um, I I love the I love the callbacks to Legends Arc. It's like the fact that when Alex uh, is 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 hurt, and the Zerua like brings a medicinal leak from mm. the game, and I was just like, oh my god, that is such a nice little tie back to Legends Arc. To the point where I'm when I'm watching this, the the more I'm watching it, this. The more I'm thinking, I kind of wish I got the chance to watch this before playing the game because it really does kind of set the tone. I think Legends Arceus. Okay, interesting. It's, it's it's a nice thought actually. I hadn't I hadn't considered that myself because obviously I was like, well, I know what this is about and I can recognize yeah. moments from it because I've and that's always going to be your issue with prequels. Yeah. Oh yes, yes. Is do you watch it first or do you watch it second? Kind of mm. thing. Mm. And it's difficult. Go on, go on. (laughs) We're too, we're too polite. We're too polite. Go on. So I really like the medicinal leak bit. I think that's in like the second episode. Yes, because it's it's said that he then goes on to be a doctor or is pretending to be a doctor. Which which I was like, okay, is he? Because if your son can heal people, you don't say he's pretending to be a doctor, especially in that time period. Yes. So is it that he's healing Pokemon? I I don't. because at the end of the second episode, it transitions to him on a boat as a grown-up. Mm-hmm. And I was like... But I was really confused, because I was like, well... He was already in the Hisuian region. But, he, but episode two ends with him on a boat arriving in the Hisuian region as an adult. So I was, I was a bit... I was a little bit confused, because it's a flashback, right? The, the, first, epi- the first two episodes are a flashback. I had... Uh not as yes yes i think what they've essentially it's it's really weirdly paced and i remember watching it and i watched the first two episodes because i watched this as it came out and it's come out over the course of like six weeks i think it's not been a weekly show which i was very confused as to how Mm. short it was as well yeah but it almost feels like it was written as a 45 minute short film that then got split up into three episodes and it kind of ah, doesn't yeah. work for me. No. The no. first two episodes, nothing really happens. And it's not till I watched the third one today that I was like, oh, okay. Oh, all right. Yeah. Now, now as a whole, it works. Now as a whole, I really enjoy it. Mm. Before I was just like, all right, kid gets lost in the woods, uh, finds a Pokemon, 
who he should be scared of, but he's not scared of because it's kind of cute. And they learn to look out for each other mm-hmm. as they try and find their way back, except from their dads don't get along. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the first two episode synopsis. Yes. I, like that's half an hour worth of footage and really, really gorgeous footage. Mm-hmm. It's, it's The one thing I will say about it, though, I, I think uploading to YouTube really did it a disservice. I saw so much compression on it just in the really, oh, really, and again, we're talking about these really gorgeous backdrops and all the colors and all the light. And I could just see all the colors starting to pixelate. Oh, really? Like, oh, no. Oh, okay. Were you watching it on like a large screen or at least? Yeah, like, I was. Right. Okay. See, I, I wasn't, so I didn't notice that. Um, but my monitors are what's a garbage anyway. So if I did like maximize, it, I probably would notice what you were noticing as as well. And that that is un, unfortunate because it does take away like it always goes back to that argument of, you know, what what do you play games for? And there's always that, you know, group of people that say the graphics. And mm-hmm. me personally, I, I prefer a good a good story or the game mechanics, something like that. But I will admit graphics does always play a part in it. Like you can have the best system and everything in the game, but if it's got rubbish graphics, it's going to take away from it. So I can understand your point about you know seeing the compression so did that when you when you saw the compression the issues there did it like take you out of it a little bit yeah i mean i was already as i say it was the first two episodes so i was already like okay this is this is happening it's beautiful but it's just kind of happening yes and not a lot is going on especially in that second episode it's so one of the one of the points i've got is um it's slow the second episode but by that i mean and i think i can't tell if they're trying to pad it out or they're trying to be artsy where it lingers on certain frames where nothing happens or it just zooms in but there's no change to the characters how you know their facial expressions or you know the backgrounds or anything where it just lingers on things And, and i can't tell whether or not that is you know to to have an impact or more for cost and time I'm not sure. There will be a little bit of both. I mean, it's an anime, so cost-saving measures are a massive thing, especially, again, with... It is such a high-value anime. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will will put it up there. I will give this thing praise and say it once again. It looks gorgeous. Yes. It is possibly the best a Pokemon anime has ever looked. Ooh, high praise there. Ooh, but... Okay. That is expensive. Yes. And usually when it comes to anime and stuff like that, you'll usually see like that's why lip flaps are a thing. <laughs> yes. If you if you've ever looked into like how abridged series are made or anything like that, you'll know that lip flaps are all that move and that's that's a cost-saving measure. Yes. Yes. Um especially so I I think that idea of just like a slow zoom will be a cost-saving moment. Yeah. I think it was done for an artistic reason. As you say, it is it's a slower series. Yes, it 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 definitely is. And I've I the, the notes I've kind of got because I'm saving everything about episode 3 to the end because episode 3 was definitely the pinnacle for for me. It, um mm-hmm. but just on episode 2 um like at, at the very end there's two things that I didn't expect. One is did you notice Volo was on the pier looking at a map? No, Velo's on the left. Yeah, Velo's on the left. Doesn't say anything, and I did like I paused it, and I looked um, and I was like, that is that is Volo, but I don't know if they're just there's a couple of other people that have that kind of 
haircut or anything. So I went away and I Googled it and I got them up like the, the you know, the Bulbapedia article. I was like, that, that is 100% Volo looking at a map talking with somebody else from the Ginkgo Guild. Um, but other than that, it has no impacts. So it's a nice little Easter egg. And the only other thing that ended episode two, uh, ended episode two was um, the distortion zone. Just uh, appearing or the time space rift or what? What uh, are they? Time space time rifts. I call them distortion zones. But I don't know distortion, where I've got from. Space time distortions. Ah, I believe is what okay. they are called. Right. Okay. The space time rift is very specifically the one that's atop Mount Coronet. Oh, okay, okay. The um, one that is constant. Yes, yes. That you see throughout the entire game. I I didn't expect that when I saw that. I was like, oh, okay, right. I'm I'm now really invested in seeing where this goes and what impact if any it has on the, the legends arceus game because one of the things when, when when alec is helping out and everything and you know he's he's a lot more open to pokemon than everyone else is mm-hmm. and i kind of thought well i don't want them to push too far with that because it's very much the player in legends arceus that really kind of drives home that well Actually, Pokemon can be companions. They can be friends. They can, you know, they can be pets, for lack of a better word. And I didn't want them to push that too far with this to the point where it diminishes the the character in the game. And I don't think they went too far. I, if anything, I th- I felt like this kind of probably did did help in terms of some of the Jubilee Village um, residents probably seeing what Alec did and thinking, oh, actually, maybe Pokemon aren't all that bad and i think there is there's a lot of conflict in legends arceus between just people well conflict or confusion by people you just talk to and it's all the side quests that you do in legends arceus where people are actually starting to come around to pokemon but they're still unsure as to what they're capable of or whether or not they can be trusted and i love that this this The the one the one i always think of is the Chimecho quest with the old lady yes who's like ah there's a pokemon there i don't I don't. I don't want it to suffer. It clearly. I want it to be happy, but I just don't want it near me. Mm, mm. And then you take it around and you drop it off at a bunch of different places. And eventually, she's like, "Ah, you know what? I kind of missed it when it was gone. Sure, you can stay there. It's fine." Yeah, yeah. And can we just briefly, and I is very briefly, just talk about the unsung hero of Pokemon Legends Arceus? Go on. Which is the woman who keeps the pasture. <laughs> she like, everybody else in this world is terrified of pokemon and she's, she's like, just like 200 300 pokemon yeah. you want me to look after them yeah, yeah that's fine oh you've, right. got, you've literally got dialga and palkia in the past year that literally the the pokemon of space and time yeah sure i'll just look after them for a little bit do you like, know what they eat no oh no, right. Right. don't worry about it then i'll that's, figure that's it cool. out don't worry about it <laughs> tell you who is another un- unsung, unsung hero um i don't know his name but the guard at the entrance gates with the mutton chops, he's in this as well. As is... Uh, he is, yes. Zisu, is it? The, the red-haired... Zisu is the red-haired one at yes. the top by the fighting That's arena. That's the one. So there's little cameos from them, as well as Silene, which did... like Because the, the first show, Silene, where she's looking out over the area, and she, it's from a side-on perspective, and I was like, that is Silene, right? And I thought that was just going to be a... You know, she's just looking over it, and then it pans back to Alec. And she actually talks. She actually plays a part in it, mm-hmm. which I didn't expect. I didn't think they'd go that far tying it in. I thought that was quite nice. Yeah, it's you get your first introduction to like early uh, Galaxy Squad, 
Yes. You, you can do, tell that yeah. they're not fully settled in yet. Yes. They've built the village and yeah. they have the security core and things like that, but they're not really venturing out that far. I think it's even brought up of like, oh, the security core will go with you. Are you sure? Is that a thing you're ready to do? It's like, they're called the security core. Mm. Surely that's what they're for. Yeah, you'd, you'd think so. This is, it, it really did hammer home just how unprepared everyone was for this journey to you know they assume your region to the point where i'm not i don't is it ever explained in the game why they go to the hisuian region i think they all have their own reasons individually right um they've all got their own reasons for just trying to go and find a place of peace i think is how it's put okay um i think if you look into like the lore and that i know commander kamado like lost his wife and things before heading out to Hisui. So they've all got their own individual reasons, but they're just trying to find a home where there is no conflict. There is no war going on. Um, Interesting. Okay. So So they go to a continent where they have two rival fr... (laughs) <laughs> factions kicking off about space and time. Okay, that's one way to it. But they, but they keep themselves to themselves. They mostly. do. Yes, they. they Until do. you show up. Until you show up and just stir the pot, basically. Um, basically, the other, the other thing is, I, I don't think I've ever been scared of a bomber snow until now. The oh yeah, no, totally. size of them. It, it sold the scale very well in this. It did. It, yes. Oh yes. It actually, it really did, and that's one of the things that is always it's one of the things actually that i want to talk about in in the in the pokemon journeys discussion that we got coming up but yeah what one of the things that you don't typically get in the games is a sense of scale with the pokemon and anime the anime has been really good with this so there's an argument to be made and it is an argument that is made often do you think true scale should be present within the 3d games yes um and my reason for that is because i've seen it where they go the complete opposite way in bdsp and they have the chibi sprites and you've got a rayquaza or you know dialogue or whatever following you and it's a cute little itty bitty monster and i know that's a that's a chibi thing i get that but i i want to see the true size of these these pokemon and just because it just helps to add to the pokemon's character and one one of the things that annoys me is like everyone brings up the whale lord like the whale lord's too big it's absolutely massive well that was on game freak for making it that size ultimately so if if they can't handle that just wreck on it and go well the size that you found in you know the hoenn pokedex like that's that's a it's, maximum yeah yeah but typically they don't grow to that size and you could have the argument of well the wild ones grow that big because they just keep growing to in, into the space they've got. Whereas the mm-hmm. you know the 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 ones that are caught typically are smaller because they're in the pokeball and there's less space for them to take up. And there's ways around that. I I I, th- I think. But Ben, all Pokemon have the natural ability to shrink. So right. So- no, hold on. Go on. I'll let you go first. Let's see if we've got the same. We're going the same way here with this. Go on. You go first. No, it's it's a stupid argument. I I agree with you. I think so- realistically they should be the size they are stated to be. Yes. I I saw a like a, a fan made version of BDSP, the fight with Dialga at the end, and they'd made a Pikachu and they'd made a Dialga actual size. Oh, wow. And like the Dialga is big enough that when it when the camera's zooming round and stuff, its head is cut off. 
but it really sell, sells yes. to you of time. Yes, exactly. This thing is going to eat me. Yeah. I should fear for my life. Yeah. And it does a lot for your immersion. It does a lot for putting you into this world and making you really feel what yeah. you should be. Yeah. And and um, Legends Arceus did that really well with the alphas, I found, where yes. you just come across an alpha in the wild, you look at it, and like the, the Garchomp, for example, or the, even the Cricketune early on, and you just look at it thinking, why is this Pokemon so big? I've never seen a Pokemon this big. And it's one of the things that Legends Arceus did well, amongst many things that it did well, is the different size of the, mon- uh, of the Pokemon, mm-hmm. where it actually felt like, oh, even though I've got these two Pokemon, they aren't the same. They are, they, they're different. Because when they're all the exact same size and, you know, there's no distinction between the male and female, you just get to the point where you think, well, what's the difference between the Pokemon I've got in my party and the one that's out in the wild? There's, there's no difference. It doesn't help you to connect. Whereas, you know, if you catch an alpha and the size of it and you throw it out in battle and it's just huge and it's bigger than the wild, you know, Pokemon that you're, you're, you're battling that's the same species but what the one you've got alpha and the one you find isn't it just helps to make you think oh mine's unique mine's special and i therefore connect with this pokemon whereas if they're all the yeah. same you, you don't get that connection so the, the only the only major thing i've got is why are they called pocket monsters because that because and right pocket monsters implies to me that they invented the pokeballs therefore they put the pokemon into the pokeballs and I had this exact same thought watching this episode. So I was like, why do you call them Pokemon? It doesn't make any sense. They they at this point they should just be co- they should just be called monsters. And it's only when they learn to catch and train them and they then keep them in the Pokeballs, which are you know, they shrink down, hence you can put them in your pocket, at which point they become pocket monsters. Pokemon. So there's actually in in the Le- not in the Legends Arceus, sorry, in the Arceus movie, mm. uh, the Jewel of the Jewel of Life, they go back in time to some kind of ancient civilization, right. and they don't call them Pokemon; they call them magical creatures, which can, makes sense. Yeah, that's get, that's, that's, that's exactly that. what you'd call them. Yeah, I can get on board with that because for, for if you went back in time and saw them, you would think. You know, before technology and science and all that, you would think, oh, they are magical. And to be fair, some of the Pokemon are straight up magical. Like when you think about, you know, a Pokemon that can teleport, for example, or they can, you know, change space, they can t- change time. You would look well, at them. And, just the ones that can breathe fire. Yeah, you would think, oh, that's that's quite magical. That isn't like Lucario is able to create like an aura. Like that's, you'd look at that and think, oh, there's something magical going on there, right? Yeah, so I I agree with you. They should definitely be magical creatures rather than Pokemon before Pokeballs are invented, or even more importantly, mass adopted. Really, what what do you mean by mass? Oh, you mean before they like every everybody has them and everybody keeps these monsters in their pocket. Yes, at which point it becomes a transition of oh they're now pocket monsters. Which actually I like this. I only thought about this watching this episode and it's when they're holding the pokeball at the end i'm like oh so that's the first the the first um like sighting of a pokeball in the hisuian region and and it just it just like is that the first pokeball ever created or are pokeballs common in other regions by this point like uh, 
So I think Pokeballs came from a different region. I think it's the Galaxy Squad that first adopts them in Hisui. Right. But okay. they come over... Because I think off the top of my... I cannot remember now where Laventon is from. This, I was going this, to say he's from Alola, but that's... This room is he's from Galar. Isn't in, he supposed to be related to Leon and Hop distantly? Oh, that would make a lot of sense. Oh, I thought you'd be all over that. Knowing, you know, I know, I know. I, I, I'm pretty sure I've looked into it because I think Kamado might be from Galar as well. He's, yeah, because he's, it's the same armor that's worn by one of the blokes, in one of the Elite Four in Kalos. Kalos. Yes, but I'm pretty sure that armor comes from Galar. I might be wrong there, but I think that's the connection. I'm pretty sure that the way I, I've read somewhere vaguely that Leon and Hop, if you look at them from a single certain angle, their hair is supposed to be shaped like crowns. And mm-hmm. La- Professor Lavender, no, Lavington? Is Lavington. His- Lavington. His headpiece is supposed to be shaped in some way by a crown, is what I've heard. And that's supposed to be the link and the hair colour and stuff like that. Um, so w- whether or not that has been confirmed or it's just speculation, um, I-, I don't know. But may- maybe, because he come- if he came from Galar, kind of makes sense that maybe Pokeballs are more readily available or they were available there first especially because you know the darkest day took place how many thousands of years three thousand years so you'd think between those two those two you know gaps in time maybe they have been they've been used in in some way and maybe that ties in with Gen Two, where they're where Pokeball, like ancient Pokeballs are crafted from. Are the Apricorns are they? Yeah, uh, the Apricorns. Yeah. So you've got the uh, the Great Smiths. Yes. Which is what they're referred to, and Kurt is like the last of the line mm. of the Great Smiths who created the Pokeballs from the Apricorns. Now we know that Johto and Sinnoh have a lot of connections yes. in their history. You've got the Sinjo ruins and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's very possible that actually that's where Alec went. Mm. He went to Johto and that's where uh, he went for all those years. And that's why he had the Pokeball. Right. Okay. Interesting. But they're not pocket monsters at this point. They're not, po- they shouldn't be pocket <laughs> monsters now. Brilliant. Uh, you got anything else uh, you want to talk about? Other than A, Zoro is super cute. Yes, as it always agreed. should be. Yep. I hadn't even realized playing the game that it like wore its little neck uh, scarf above its mouth. That's freaking adorable. It's cute, yeah. Um, and if you weren't aware, the mask that Alec gets at the end, yes. the like purpley yeah. one, is now available in-game. Oh, is it? So a nice little tie in there. It yeah. is now available in-game as of wednesday oh nice there was a couple of masks out. i noticed that some of the kids were wearing like the pikachu and eevee mask which i've never worn in game because i think they look ugly as anything but from like in this with the kids wearing them it made a lot of sense yeah but it's, it, it's really funny because i've i've not long just watched demon slayer and i don't know if you've ever seen no, it no i haven't but there, there's a whole thing in that where wearing that is basically a death sentence for a lot of these kids oh, and i couldn't really? get that out of my head watching this i was like ah Oh, yeah, no. because could you imagine if they're wearing like a Pikachu face mask thing and Pikachu will obviously have some kind of, you know, it, it will be the, it'll be, it'll have a predator somewhere in the wild 
Could you imagine if that predator sees it and just think that's a Pikachu? And just well, that's uh, in a weird sense. I think those masks, historically speaking, were designed to protect the wearer. Ah, so it was a case of if if a spirit or a demon sees you, they will consider you one of them, and oh. will leave you alone. Okay, which might tie in with the the Zorok, actually thinking about yes. it. Ah, that, that actually makes sense. Okay, that's pretty cool. Love it. Yeah, nice, nice little bit of history. Mm, love a little bit of history. Right. Uh, we've looked back. Should we look forward now at Pokemon Journeys? Let's do it. Let's do it more. It's just if, you, if you're an anime fan, Pokemon anime fan, you're getting your uh, your money's worth this uh, this week, even though you're not paying for it. <laughs> uh, so, first episode is uh, episode five, Mind Boggling Dynamax. So, what did you think? So I love this episode. Yes, yes. I actually do. I think it's amazing them setting foot in the wild area for the yes. first time. We get to see our first Gigantamax Pokemon yes. in the anime. Yes. And I think this was actually the reveal for Snorlax as well. I don't think it was available in game yet. Oh, really? Oh. To, to my memory, I don't think it was available in game when this oh, first I released. That. I absolutely love that. Um. Snorlax is huge even before it Dynamaxes. Like, it is massive. Yeah, they state it's like, it's supposed to be about seven foot tall, and then this one's about ten and a half feet tall. Oh, okay. That that makes sense, because I'm, I'm pretty sure in, in one of the episodes we're going to come to later on, um, Harry, Harry Arm is in one of the later episodes, and that's the size I expected Snorlax to be. But apparently Harry Arm is bigger than Snorlax, which really confused me. But then this Snorlax... Is bigger. I looked up the Pokedex entries to confirm it. I was like, why is the Snorlax bigger? But so just because because I've got the image in my head now that you're talking about, and we yes. will come on to it. But how big is Hariyama meant to be? So Hariyama is meant to be seven foot seven inches, and Snorlax is meant to be six foot eleven inches. Okay, so about half a foot ish between them. Yeah, but this oh, I didn't realize Hariyama was bigger. It's you. It's absolutely. Uh, when I saw that, I was like, wait. What? It's, it's it's that big. But anyway, it's huge before he Dynamaxes, then even bigger after he Dynamaxes. Um, when he does Dynamax, he shoots lasers from its hands. Yeah. What? Because <laughs> we've seen we've seen Snorlax shoot hyper beams from all sorts of places. At this oh, point. have I think we've we? Seen it co- it's oh. come out the mouth. It's Re- come out the eyes. Yeah. And now we've seen it come out the hand. It just seems like he... They will shoot hyper beams out of whatever body part takes the less, right. least amount of effort at the time. Okay, that that makes right. Okay, that makes sense now because I've never thought about hyper beam in that way because it's never really been shown in in game. Like they never animate it to the point where you know the eyes glow or the mouth opens or it raises the fists or whatever it might be. But it did take me by surprise. I was like, wait, what? What? What's that? Um, but that makes sense if it is is if it is hyper beam. Um. I just love that. One of the comments I've got down is uh, Ash is stupid where they told like, look out for the red lights. And oh my God, he yes. starts at the train line. <laughs> he's like, these are the red lights? He's just like, Ash, no. What are you I doing? don't think that's what they're talking about. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely brilliant. Um, what's it? Um, is is Dynamaxing painful? Because in, in the Pokedex entries, Meg Revolution is supposed to be painful. And that didn't look like it was pleasant like trees literally growing out of them that is something that from a nightmare that was 
So, at least in my own research, Dynamaxing has not been described as painful in the same way that Mega Evolution was. Mm. You know, at Mega Evolution, you're talking about when Glalie Mega Evolves, yes, its jaw, jaw dislocates oh. and stuff like that. And it's, it's very descriptive in the way that it's like these Pokemon are pushing their bodies way beyond the limit and it is causing them suffering to do so. Yeah. Dynamaxing is never described in that way. Right. It's it's more to do with these particles. S- think of it similar to like um uh pim particles in Ant-Man. Yeah, yeah. It just ah, it just shrinks yes. it and it grows you. That makes sense. It's not it doesn't put a physical well it does put a physical exertion on your body but n- n- not to any real extent. Okay. Whereas mega evolutions you are pushing your own limits. Uh, you're pushing your own body past yes. its limits. That makes sense. Dynamaxing is very much the Galar particles that are doing most of the heavy lifting for you. Uh, okay, yeah, I like, I like that. I like that. Um, so we have Salad in the anime, and this this might seem a bit strange that I'm bringing this up. So some some Salad. Po- so we have Salad in the anime, right? Which which is fine. But then we also have some Pokemon that kind of are real life, like our real life equivalents of Salad, if that makes sense. Okay, where are you going with so, this? So by that logic, could in like millennia time, some of the salad that they are currently eating eventually evolve to become Pokemon and they'd be angry at us for eating their ancestors? Uh, there's an ultimate question. So, uh, I don't know if so I'm reaching it, there. I might be reaching. So it is, it is my belief that Pokemon exist where... Sp- Pokemon to me are like, uh, spirits so okay. where where spiritual energy exists yes where something is alive and spiritual energy is around it that f- creates a pokemon okay okay so that's why you can have like voltorb will originally yes. be an apricorn but eventually be a pokeball kind okay. of thing okay. because it's the same spiritual energy just around uh, a different creation and things like that I'm not. I'm not too sold on this. I need to do more looking know, into it. Like, but gen- I don't. I don't think so. No. <laughs> I don't think a so, random tree so, is going to come what, to life no. someday. So what- unless it is, of course. <laughs> unless it is, of course, um, possessed by the by the by the spirit of a lost child. Is that Trevenant who by died in the forest? Yeah, that's, that's Phantom. Very specifically, right. oh, is okay. a lost child in the forest. Oh, oh god! Because like, what made me think of that is because Gen Nine, we've got. I, I can't remember the name, but we've got the Olive Pokemon making an appearance, right? And in the real world, we eat olives. So, like, if they have salads and they have olives on salads, you get where I'm so going. So, real this. talk, real talk. Yeah. I think they eat Smoliv. You wouldn't surprise me, you know. Like, well, they, at least, eat they at least eat the oil that Smoliv pr- produces. Because it's like fish Pokemon. Surely, like, what's the difference between eating tuna in our real world and eating Magikarp in their world? Like, there's... Oh, I don't think there is. No, exactly. I don't think there is. I mean, again, the anime has touched on it a couple of times very early on about like eating Magikarp and things yeah. like that. Um, they have strayed away from it over the years because yeah, it's it's difficult to, yeah, it's not in. Well, it's it, because you know we we always ask like where is that line between food and pet, yes. and I've always argued it's halfway through the rabbit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But where do you draw that line yeah. in Pokemon? Because usually you go, well, where it starts to be cute. Well, they're all cute. Yeah, they're all, and yeah. They've yeah. all got more. Mm, there's a there's a mm. discussion. Do Pokemon have more sentience than our own creatures? Probably wow. not. Mm, but I, yeah, 
arguably, yes. They can all communicate with each other. Well, they can all show emotion as well, which means that they can feel pain. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, there Mm. is that. Mm. (laughs) And and considering that Meowth learns to talk and can have an actual conversation. conversation, And will translate for other Pokemon who effectively can have a conversation. It's not just the legendaries. It's like, no, this is what they're trying to say. It's not just... You know, this is how they feel. It's yeah. no, this is what they're trying to say. They are trying to communicate with you. Yeah. Oh God, <laughs> this is uh, this is a bucket of waves you've opened. Should we move on to the next episode? <laughs> uh, so yeah, the Gigantamax Snorlax was really cool, yeah. and that was kind of all that happened this episode. Yeah, it was, no, it wasn't. Yeah. Oh, what what else happened? Score Bunny. Bunny. Score Bunny. Score Bunny is adorable. I've got a note there. Like, absolutely love Score Bunny. He's just oh, he's adorable. Love it. I is very animated. Yes, very yeah. animated, which and is, I like it a lot. Which is like the impression I got from it when we first saw the trailer for Sword and Shield, and it shows you the starters and Score Bunny's like running around and just having like a whale of a time. And oh, I just wish we got this kind of animation in the games where they felt like real creatures rather than just digital assets. There's only so much you can do. I know, do. I know. Anyway, Are you happy to see him join the squad, though? I am, yes. I'm looking forward to seeing where that where that storyline goes um, and what becomes of Score Bunny. All right, on to the next one. On to the next episode. Uh, Pidgey has no chill with Gust. Just absolutely just wreck shot with the team. Just blows them all away. Like, no messing Did around. you like the callback? What was the callback? With Ash, the callback kind of. was that Ash tried to catch a yes, Pidgey first. Yes. Then a Pidgeotto. Yes. Then a Caterpie. Yes. Right. Okay. When it, when it was going, I didn't completely cut it on, but I did. I didn't get the order, but when he was catching, I was like, "This is very similar to Ash and the first couple of episodes of him trying to build his team." And I love that this was very. It felt like a very much a go episode, mm-hmm. and just him starting that journey and doing the stuff that ash has already done because if this was this we've mentioned this in previous previous podcast episodes is that if this was ash doing the same stuff again i'd probably have a lot less i'd probably be a lot less forgiving but because it's not ash and ash is taking almost a mental role i'm all for just showing goes like rawness when it comes to catching pokemon uh, like when he's trying to get the Diglett and he's just like, him and Score Bunny, he's got a bit of a disconnect <laughs> and Score Bunny's just like jumping left, right and centre trying to get this Diglett. And I absolutely loved it. Um, did you notice the remix game music in the Pincer Battle? No, I missed that. I I only, it was about halfway through the battle with the Pincer I was like, I recognise this music. And that's, that's when I started listening to it. I was like, oh, it's the battle music from Sword and Shield, I think. And they've just remixed it. I, st- nice. oh, I like it a lot. So cool. And um, I can't believe Go's luck catching Pokemon about weakening them. Like, I told you, right? Just- this is, dude, this never changes. Oh, this gets not? worse, if anything. Oh, it was, it was strange because like at this point, it's not even like, this is more like the Safari Zone than it is actually. Uh-huh. Like, it's just like throwing Pokemon's left, right, center. 
And he does, he brings it up later. He's like, oh, but this is easier. Yes, he does. Pokeballs is easier. <laughs> and it is. Like, Legends Arceus attests to that, where instead of, like, having to weaken the Pokemon, you're just, like, running around just loving Pokeballs left, right, center. Every Pokemon you can see. Which explains why in the very first season of, of, of the original Pokemon anime, why Ash ends up with, like, 30 Tauros. Because yep. it's, just, it's, just, it's so easy just throw loads of Pokeballs, right? That's the best way forward. Apparently I, so. I, I, I like that he at least has to fight the Scyther. Yes. Which, funnily enough, I think pays off in the next episode where he needs to build a team and Pencil just doesn't really want to fight for him, whereas, whereas Scyther does. Cypher is oh, like you. You hold on to that pincer. That pincer has a great character. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's 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 a recurring character, and I like that pincer a lot. Okay, it's well, really cute. Okay, right. I'm looking for. I thought no, no, not a word I would usually associate with no. pincer is cute, but uh, this one is okay. I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes because I thought that might just be like a once and done for this episode and the next episode, and Cypher is the one that he uses more. Oh, uh, again, mm. uses. Go doesn't really use Pokemon. He's not really there for battles, as again is attested to in the next episode. Mm. But they a lot of his Pokemon do come up again and again and again. Okay, right. Um, Ash very much. It's it's the it's the difference between the two. You know, yeah. Ash will build his team through this, and I think it's on the next episode where yeah. we're finally going to get introduced to what Ash's goal is going to be through this. Yes. Uh, so not the next episode we're going to talk about, but the next episode we're going to watch next week. Oh, okay. Because the 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 next episode that we did watch, saving so up the flute chop, if you're ready to move on. Mm-hmm. really shows like Ash's development where I know I'm skipping ahead a little bit but Go raises the question of wait you're bringing Mr. Mime oh it's so good and Ash it's so good <laughs> it is like Ash is as far as I'm aware never used this Pokemon before it's his mum's Mr. Mime right yeah, so they met Mimey God way back in the Indigo League. I think we saw it put up a bunch of reflects, and yeah. that's kind of it. After that, it's just been a house husband, effectively, for Pretty Delia. Much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, well, hold on, hold on. Ashley's mum has a name. Delia, yeah. Oh, Delia I didn't know Ketchum. that. Oh, I didn't know that. All right. Is that, like, do they say that in the anime? Have I missed that? Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. Quite okay. a lot. Oh, okay, right. Oh, I never even noticed it. But um, yeah, Mister Mister Mime can really go to throw down. Some, yeah, <laughs> like I I just loved his facial animation. When oh, it's so good. There's a few times where something happens or something's said, and it zooms in on Mister Mime, and it shows this completely. Like it's a complete creepy. Br- yeah, it, it's a complete break from the animation style that I'm used to. To the point where it really stands out, and I'm like. Oh my right! I'm actually terrified of this Mr. Mime now. <laughs> but they, but they know that going in. They know that everybody thinks Mr. Mime is creepy. Yes. They know that nobody really likes this Pokemon except from those odd outliers yeah. out there. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, you know what? Even even the commentator mentioned it. it's like I've got a whole new respect for Mr. Mime after yes. what I've seen here today. And it's oh, like, oh yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong, I, sir. I've, I've made that note. Like my, I've put like Mr. Mime is OP in the co- the commentator. I've actually got this in quotes. My opinion of Mr. Mime has done a complete 180. And that is not just... I don't think that's even the commentator. That is like speaking for the, the fans of Pokemon going, oh, I kind of see why like psychic types are so broken and Mr. Mime in general could be... like The way he just like shuts down the... the um, 
Harry Army with the reflex is fantastic. But they did a really good job of setting it up, of being like, well, no, Mr. Mime does Tai Chi. He's not yeah. a fighter. Yes. I, they, call it, they call it martial arts, which I guess Tai Chi is a martial uh, art. was it? I thought it was yoga, so it's Tai Chi. No, it's very specifically Tai Chi. There's kind of slow movements that are all to do with like stretching your body out and breathing and things like that. Right. Um, Again, if not really designed as a martial art, but apparently could be used as one. Apparently so. Um, I um, I really liked. I think the trainer's called Hodge, and when he when him and Harry Army turn up. And, uh, and straight away I'm thinking, oh, I, I know this character. I've seen this character in anime so many times, and he's, you know... He's, he's the delinquent. Yeah, no, he, like, he only lives by his rules and everything like that. And he's got the pompadour, he's got yes, the spiky teeth, he's yes. even got the crazy eyes. Yeah, and you're like, oh, I know exactly where this is going. And I expected him to just be a bit of an ass, to be honest with you. And he's not. <laughs> like, they just completely, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's, he's calm, he's respectful, and like he, he, like, he, he literally... Turns up Harry Army, and you think, oh, this is going to kick off. And he's like, no, you, I need to get to the recycling bins, basically. Yeah, what a cool introduction of like, no, 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 I'm just trying to be yeah. good to the environment. Oh, it was, it, was abs- <laughs> it was just absolutely fantastic to see him just like, just like even when he gets into the battle and like there's a respect between him and, and Ash, even though they've never met before, but they both understand, oh, you know, they're both really good trainers and, and they respect their Pokemon. And yeah. it, it's absolutely, oh, it's just absolutely fantastic. And um, to see, to see how Go performs in the, in this flute. Um, Oof, yeah. Uh, the flutes. Did you, do you know what those flutes do, by the way, Ben? So, I don't know, I, you know what, what, what the hell do? does a yellow flute do? <laughs> For those of you who don't know, I think I need to explain this. On my YouTube channel a long, long time ago, this is when I first started. I think it was like episode three, episode four. Um, I put up a video about... Um, the episode title was What the Hell is a Yellow Flute? Basically, the premise is when I, when I was doing the... the um, the intro to the video, it was me spending about 10 minutes trying to find this hidden item, only to be dis- left disappointed when I find it. And I'm like, oh, it's a yellow flute. What the hell is a yellow flute? It is one of my most viewed videos on YouTube. And, <laughs> and I think most hated. <laughs> and I think it's probably got the most dislikes because I think people come to that video expecting it to be a yellow flute tutorial of where either where to find the yellow flute or what the yellow flute does. And it's not... And it's got something like 3,000 views, about 30 dislikes because people come to it and it's not what they expect. To the point where I've actually had to go back and change the title of that video to try and make sure it doesn't get caught up in the algorithm. And it still does. And I've had to put a top comment and pin it and put like, this isn't a tutorial on where to find the yellow flute. It's not a tutorial on what the yellow flute does. And, And for some reason, YouTube keeps recommended this video so i don't want to hear any more about flutes uh, <laughs> so moving on to the actual can, go can we can we talk about ash actually performing because yes. as you say go gets oh, trounced yes he does for, for, for a lack of a better word yep. the guy gets trounced yes yes and then we kind of see as you say it's a go-centric episode so as go leaves we don't really see ash do all of his preliminary battles no, we, we only get to see the finals yes and that guy is still pulling out some BS moves. 
who washes the elect yeah yes. the electro yes. web on the hole in the so, roof to kind of like so, bounce off of it. So, like, oh come how, on! So how does that work in terms of like, <laughs> sure, like surely the the owners would be like. Hold on a second. Surely there have been enough Pokemon battles to the point where there's a rule book around, yeah, destroying the building. Does that get you disqualified because you're technically not controlling your Pokemon? Can you, like, and it goes back to, like, Ash using the the sprinklers against Brock. Uh Uh-huh. What's the insurance policy on these buildings? Like, yeah. Like I and, like, I, when, when that first happened and I'm, I'm starting to get, so let, let, let me just like explain this. When when he destroys the roof of the building, it, I thought at first, oh, that's just a nod to Pikachu's power. It's showing you how powerful Pikachu is. But then have you ever heard the, 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 the phrase in films and TVs called Chekhov's gun? Uh-huh. Where they where for those of you who don't know, like if they deliberately show you something, it's a setup for later on. Yeah. And I'm starting to notice this more and more now that since having it explained to me that in, in shows, for example, if you know it lingers on a sword, for example, in in a TV show. They're going to come back that to that sword. sword. It needs to be used yeah. by the end of the show. Yes, yeah. exactly. So when they did the hole, and at first I thought, oh, it's just Nodzu's power. And then obviously, like you say, he uses the electro web. I'm like, oh, I should have, I should have clued in that that's where that is going. But hard. If I was hard, I'd be a bit like, hold on a second. Like I'm all for like, you know, fair game and sportsmanship, but. Is that allowed? Is that legal? <laughs> did, did he not leave the arena? Technically, he, he put did. A web there, but like he left the roof. Like he, he went out of the he building. Did. Yes, yes. Like we built these specifically high so that flying Pokemon can come in here yes. and take part. But like he flew higher than the flying Pokemon are allowed to. This ref, ref, <laughs> <laughs> come on. Oh, but the 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 last the only la- uh, comment that I've got left on this episode is. Again, and I've said this, is if that had been Ash losing that battle, I would have been really frustrated. But that is the great thing about partnering Go and Ash together is you've now got that balance between a, a fresh and raw trainer who is going to make a lot of mistakes but learn from it. And it doesn't... Somebody dim- who's allowed to be a champion. Yes. It doesn't diminish Ash to the point where you've mentioned before, like, you know, Ash gets off the boat and he loses to the first level five Snivy that he comes across. Uh-huh. Just just because they need to, you know, absolutely demolish Ash's character development so that he can start again. And I'm glad that they're not doing that for this. It's making this series a lot more enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, he's not infallible in this series. He does lose somewhat throughout throughout this, but it's always a well-fought fight. Yes. And he always comes back stronger and I, and I oh, just so good. Seriously. If you've not watched journeys yet, go do watch it. journeys. Do it's it. so I'm, good. I'm really enjoying it. I'm, I'm glad that we decided to, to, to jump on this for, for the segment. Uh, anything else for these episodes? No, I think that pretty much covers all my thoughts on it. Nice. Right. Okay. So, uh, as usual, you ready to challenge me in a guessing game? Oh, it's not going to give me a guessing game. I'm going to know the answers. You're going gonna... to know. Okay, okay. So for those of you that haven't joined us before, in front of me, I have three Pokemon with three Pokedex entries each. But Connor has to spot the fake entry. And there's a there's a theme. We're going for the Kanto starters this week. 
Oh, okay. Here we go. How well I the, should know this. How, so you should know. <laughs> well, these. it's it's, it's going to be a difficult one because I've known these Pokemon forever, but they're also one of the ones with the most, most Pokemon entries. entries. Yes, yes. I've I've learned this looking at. There are so many entries that surely you're going to get tripped up. So the first one is Charmander. I should have done these in the order they actually appear, and I haven't. I've gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, so uh, the flame that burns at the tip of its tail is an indication of its emotions. The flame wavers when Charmander is enjoying itself. If the Pokemon becomes enraged, enraged, the flame burns fiercely. The second entry, it is a preference for hot things. When it rains, steam is said to spout from the tip of its tail. And the final entry, even newborn Charmander have a flame at the tip of their tail. It has been known to accidentally burn its trainer. Mm, okay, so I'm pretty sure the third one I've read. I'm so this the second one is the one I feel isn't correct, but I, I'm try I'm doing my poker methods here. I'm playing <laughs> I'm pl- I'm playing the player, not the game. Okay, I don't think there's enough information in the second one for you to have written it. So I'm gonna go with the first one. Oh, so I like where you're going, but it was actually the third one. Unfortunately, it was the third one. It was the third one. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I'm sure I've read that somewhere. Okay, fair enough. No. Uh, next one, Squirtle. Squirtle enjoys lounging around near lakes and rivers and often nap inside their shell. Second entry, after birth, its back swells and hardens into a shell. Powerfully sprays foam from its mouth. Don't know if I've missed something in that one. Interesting. That, that sounded gross. Yeah. I don't, I don't like that. It's almost like it's missing a connector <laughs> or something. Anyway, uh, the third and final entry, it shelters itself in its shell, then strikes back with spouts of water at every opportunity. Um, 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 the third one? <laughs> no, it's the first one. I'm it's the first one. The that was that was, that was the one I actually oh. thought, and I'm 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 in a position now oh. where I'm second guessing myself <laughs> yes. so much. I'm I'm glad I went for the Canto stars because, as you say, there are that many entries that all of them sound real. Um, and again, it's one of those. It's I I know these Pokemon so well that I don't go looking for the Pokemon entries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's so much other lore about them that aren't present in the Dex entries. Yes. So I don't. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Third and final one. Bulbasaur. Strange seed was planted on its back at birth. The plant sprouts and grows with this Pokemon. The next entry is it can go for days without eating a single morsel. In the bulb on its back, it stores energy. And the third and final entry Bulbasaur has a strange bulb on its back that provides nutrients. However, nobody has ever opened one to check. That third one, surely. Sure. I no. <laughs> I'll I'll save you any suffering. You you're right. Well done. You've got okay. You got. <laughs> what, what? I hate that idea. <laughs> Don't open a Bulbasaur's bowl. Is that what gave it away? <laughs> no, it, it just I just really didn't like that idea, and I didn't want that to be the right one. <laughs> Could you imagine? To be that? fair, I also don't like the idea of planting a seed in a toad. Yeah, it's that's, weird. That's yeah. kind of cruel. Like, does he? Because it hatches out. This is the strange thing about Pokemon. They hatch out the egg and they just happen to have it. But there are inconsistencies when it comes to hatching Pokemon and Pokedex entries. Mm-hmm. Like certain Pokemon already wearing clothes and stuff like that. It's it's strange. Um, so the whole bulb on its back, I have no idea how that, how that works. I'm not opening that kind of words because we're going to get sidetracked. Let's move on to letters and comments, yeah? 
can we can we just bring up the fact that I'm going backwards now? You, you like the last yes. couple of weeks, I've scored two out of three, and now I've scored one out of three. This I, is get, this getting worse. So for you, you obviously want to score three out of three. For me, I want you to score zero out of three, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so, so neither of us are happy. So we'll see who wins. We'll we see will. who gets it first. <laughs> we will. <laughs> right, okay, time for some letters and comments. Uh, our first question comes courtesy of Paul Doherty on the YouTube version of our latest podcast. He asks... Docherty. Oh, did I absolutely... Otherwise, otherwise we'll get a comment. Oh, we love you, Paul. I'm sorry. Anyway, they ask, uh, who's your favourite companion for Ash in the anime? I mean, it's Brock, right? Oh, I was thinking Pokemon. Oh, oh no, companion. Companion. Like, okay. Companions. Oh, okay. I ooh, interesting. Um, why why Brock for you? Why is it not Brock? It's always Brock. It's always Brock, Brock is Brock. the best. <laughs> Brock is Brock. The man yeah. uses a frying pan as a drying pan, and he cooks and he cleans and he has eighteen different siblings yes. and looks after them. So he he's got that paternal yeah. instinct. Nice. And he gets Ash out of a lot of trouble and yeah. teaches him the ways of Becoming a man, yeah, he's a little yeah, bit of a creep. A and we a have creep. to overlook over that as, as sometimes because you know, anime. Yes, yes. Okay, for me, but I love Brock. I I can understand. I can understand loving Brock. Um, I've I've only seen the original Pokemon anime, most of Johto, I think, and then obviously whatever we're looking at it, it journeys. I'm so you've got Brock, Misty, Tracy, or Go. Pretty much, um, and it's not Tracy because Tracy's the worst. I that he 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 was the one with Marvel, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I vaguely remember. Um, oh, I suppose you could technically throw Todd Snap in there because he was a companion for a he? short. Period oh, I don't remember. I don't remember him. He, he's from he's from actual Snap, isn't he? Wait, he was in the anime. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. I didn't know that. Um, I for me, I'd probably say Misty just because of the the relationship between those two and the fact that they infuriate one another but then there are times i remember growing up where they actually do care for one another and their love of pokemon like brings their friendship closer together um so like you can't go wrong with the og of brock and misty i don't think so do you know they were originally supposed to get together wait ash and misty were Yep. So okay. there was originally an ending to the first Pokemon movie where it skips ahead in time. Oh, and what? Ash has a child. <gasps> I think it's a daughter, and the mother is implied to be Misty. Whoa! Where, where have you now? What? Now this is this is cut. This doesn't exist anymore. But that was the original ending that we were supposed to get to the first Pokemon movie. Whoa! Okay. Why did they? I guess I can understand why they cut it because it's kind of like, where's this come from? Why, why is this needed in the in the film? But well, actually, since then, the one of the creators of the series has come out and said that Ash is aromantic. He doesn't have romantic feelings towards anyone. Well, he is like ten, so I kind of. Well, no, 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 no. Like even <laughs> even as he gets older, he. Oh. Will- he loves his friends, yeah, and he loves everyone as a friend, and that's as far as that goes. Oh, interesting. Because there was a, there was a whole thing with Serena in X and Y where they kind of set it up that she was definitely into him, right? Like she had this childhood crush on him, and that has I think it even flows on into this series in Journeys. Um, they bring Serena back; they don't actually meet up, but. She oh. talks about Ash in a very favorable way, and like she was his first kiss at the end of X and Y. 
Wait, what? And she leaves okay. and she's all blushing and he's just like, huh, okay. <laughs> guess that happened. <laughs> he's just like, ah, no, not for me. Moving on. But yeah, one of the creators came out and just like, yeah, oh, no, what? Ash is, he, he doesn't feel romance. He doesn't, un not that he doesn't understand it. Yes. He just doesn't feel it himself. Interesting. Oh, right. Which, you know, it's it, his ability to be in love in a platonic yeah. way yeah. with everyone is what makes him so strong. It's it, that's that ability to oh. love his Pokemon yes. equally yes. is what gives him his strength kind of thing. Oh, oh, Connor, this is why I love having you on the podcast. I just learned so much. Love it. <laughs> right. Next question. You ready? Go on. Uh, this next question comes from Rising Phoenix again on the YouTube version of the podcast. Uh, what was the series you had the most fun doing? Is this like a series I created on YouTube? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's how I read it. There's a couple. I I think for me it will always be uh, my Black Nuzlocke. Okay, which was the first series I did when I came back to YouTube. So the first one that Lewis edited for me and things like right. that. It was the first time I played through Black. Oh. I knew it was a very story-driven game, so yes. it was also the first yes. series where I'd ever done like voice acting and oh, really? played oh. out the roles, yeah. which has become a staple on my channel now when we do RPG games right. because that did so well, because it really sucked me into the story. I fell in love with these characters. N was Shatner. There was a whole... And was Shatner <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't know why it didn't initially intend to be. I, I think will it's because I, 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 I <laughs> the world. It was. It really was. It was like ah, I see that you are a good person to your Pokemon, and it, I think it was because right at the very beginning, I gave him a really fast voice, and. Um, <laughs> Sharon turns around and was like, would you slow down, please? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, and, uh, oh, and uh, Sharon was goofy for some reason. Uh, Sharon just ended up with Goofy's voice. <laughs> yuck. <laughs> yuck. Love it. But yeah, no, uh, th that one still stands out to me. Some of, the, some of the Pokemon in that are still up there as my all-time favorites. Cadet the Umbreon that like just carried me through that game. Mm. Oh, man, I love that series so much. Oh. And it really just, it made, it was, it was, it wasn't just, okay, I'm now playing a game. It was, I'm experiencing something here that I wouldn't have got had I just done this on my own. I wouldn't have done the voices. I wouldn't have been mm -hmm. acting this all out and things like that and really pulling myself into the game the way I am now. So creating this series has made this game more enjoyable to me than it would have been on its own. And that's why I think it will always stand for me as something a little bit special. Wow. That's, uh, that's nice to hear for me. It's probably one of my collabs. Um, and I, I've enjoyed all my different collabs for, for different reasons. Like the one we did, with, with uh, for our wedlock was absolutely fantastic and it was just the right mix of um like an actual versus like a competitive element but also the fun and the laughs that that, that we we bought from it and it always the one thing that i always take away from that is horse girl energy and i was just like what what <laughs> we had a conversation <laughs> about what that actually meant I can't believe you'd never heard of a I mad horse girl energy before. I, I hadn't, I hadn't. Um, but you know it now, right? I know you it now. see it. Yes, I know it now. I know it now. Um, but probably one of the ones that I had the, the most just 
insanity on was when uh, I did a collab with um, Britch Eagle, who who you know, uh, of friend, friend of the podcast. And I don't know if you've ever met or spoken to Soul Christ. We did a uh, three-way versus in uh, red, blue, and yellow. And yep. um, absolutely had a blast doing that. And then British went went upon himself to create a highlights video of uh, from the series, and it goes on for about forty five minutes. I I've probably contributed about fifteen views to that video. I just whack it on every now and again, and it's just absolutely just insanity. Like they bring something out of me. I don't know what it is. I don't know why. Oh, I, I understand. I, I I pride myself on being. PG to some degree. By PG, uh-huh. I mean like no sway. But they just break. They just make me break that, and I don't know why. I don't know why it happens. <laughs> it was the one thing I was going to say. I don't know Soul Chris personally. I have watched a couple of his things, mostly your collabs yeah. together. Yeah. But I, I absolutely love that he brings just just a certain energy as you yeah. say to that collab the fact that you have to do so much more editing when he's involved <laughs> oh, because he is just swearier than the rest of you and the and the fact that unfortunately he has led everybody to believe the british's name is frank, frank. which is not <laughs> to the point where the first couple of times i spoke with british i was like yeah frank and he's like that's not my name and i was like wait what and he explained it. i was like right okay that that makes sense um for those those who don't know british eagle was originally supposed to be part of this podcast as yes, well and hopefully yes. we'll have him on as a guest sometime mm, in the future mm. so when i came up with the idea of like oh we should all use our actual names he was like yeah no that's great and then i put you together a, a, you know a little layout and i'm like well i know mine and i know ben's frank question <laughs> mark <laughs> Just like and that. i knew I, I was like i'll put this in here expecting it to be wrong yes. i expect it to be wrong <laughs> But it's forgivably wrong. It's forgivably wrong. Like the, I remember the first, when I, I'm not going to say his real name, but when I found out his real name was because um, I did some artwork for him and he paid me on PayPal. And I just remember it coming through like, oh, you've got a payment for him. Duh, duh, duh. And I was just like, who's this? I was just like, what? He's just random and paying me money. And then he came through with the surname as well. And I'm just looking at this going, who the hell's this? Who was sending me money? And then, like, I drilled down, and British was like, "Yeah, page." I was like, "Right, okay, that that makes sense now." <laughs> just ah, oh, uh, YouTube and our oh, aliases. Oh, it's it gets messy. So it'll be it'll be interesting in a couple of years' time to be like, "Well, no, these people I call by their actual names. These people I will always refer to them as their YouTube names." Well, it's gonna be weird when we collab again and do another wedlock. Oh yeah. Right. Well, again, I fully expect to just because I I now speak about you to some of my friends who yes. like I talk to about this, the channel yeah. and what what I'm doing and stuff like that and the work I'm going on with, and I will now say Ben, and they're like. Who's Who? Ben? I'm like, Hoenn. They go, oh, right, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I know you're I, Funnily enough, I do the same where, like, you know, my um, my partner and my daughter know about British. Um, uh-huh. And I just, call, I just call them British. And they don't even question it anymore. They don't even go, no. who's that? They they just know, oh, I'm, I'm talking about British. And they're just like, oh, yeah, British. <laughs> it's, just, it's just strange. <laughs> So love it, love this job. Love it. It's great. Um, so the next question comes from Intrepid over on Discord, which I'm not even going to try and plug that here because it's 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 a, it needs its own story behind that. So uh, yep. they've asked, "What is your favorite main series game per console?" So should we should we hammer these out quickly? 
per console. Per console. Wow. Okay, let's let's go for it then. Okay, so we're we're game combining Boy. the Game Boy and yeah. the Game Boy Color, yes. right? Yes, so what's your favorite? Okay. Game Boy Color is probably gold. Uh, uh, yellow for me. Just for nostalgia, That's fair. Just for nostalgia purposes. Uh, advanced. Uh, there's only three games in there on this. Emerald, then, I guess? Yeah, Emerald, just because... It, even we though, are mainline only, right? Yeah, mainline only. Um, yeah, Emerald, um, even though I never played it until recently, but it just combines the best of both of them. And- I, think it, I think it stands stronger yeah. than Ruby or Sapphire. Agreed, agreed. Uh, the DS, so we've got uh, Gen 4 and Gen 5. So, uh, oh. Heart Cold. Oh, actually, oh, that's quite Gen a Gen 5's in there as well. Yeah, Black, Black no, it, no, it's White. Heart Cold. Um... Oh, yeah, white's heart, so yeah. good though. I know. Mm, heart, 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 golds. Just because that when if if someone you know was like right, you can only play one of the games on. I would pick heart gold. Yeah, it, and that's it. It is my favorite game of all of the franchise. Yeah, but black and white is really it's good, good as well. It's it is black black and white is a second and a close second, but for me, heart gold takes it. I'll tell you what, I think black and white is strengthened by having a randomizer on it. Agreed. I think the, yes. the regional Pokedex is not... There's it's, a lot of cool yeah. Pokemon in there, but you don't get them very early yep. on, and it kind of suffers for and, it. Yeah, and somebody pointed out for me that, like, I, I remember the first time I, I played black is is in the last seven years, maybe, and... Mm-hmm. One of the one of the strengths to it, I I maintain, and I don't think they didn't do it very well. But the strength of it is you can't use any of the original Pokemon, so it forces you mm. to build a team of Pokemon, and it can And that was one of the great things for me was like, oh, it's kind of like playing Yellow again, where I don't know these Pokemon, I don't know what moves they learn, I don't know the strengths and weaknesses and stuff like that. But then somebody ruined it by pointing out that a lot of the Pokemon are just. The same Pokemon again. The same Pokemon as Kanto, and they're just redesigns. And I was like, "Ah, oh, okay, that's kind of spoiled." You can't unsee it all of a sudden. Yeah, um, unfortunately. But as you say, like having a randomizer in that game makes it an absolute blast to play. Um, 3DS, mm, Omega Ruby. Um, I don't think X and Y are that strong. See, I. I have a major soft spot for Pokemon X because that was the one of the games that got me back into the series. So I have like a nostalgic like love for that game. Yeah. But, I can understand that. Yeah. I just don't. But Alpha Sapphire is like there's a reason there's a reason why that is held up as like a fantastic remake. It gets I think so of much the right. newer gens it's the one I've played the most. Yes, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. I love how we didn't even think about Sun and Moon or Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, which is a shame because they're great. They but are. I played Ultra Sun yeah. once, yeah, and enjoyed my time with it. Yeah. But I don't need to spend three hours on that first island. No, ever again. they and they, it suffers for that because yes, after that, yes, it's yes. actually a really good game. But it's just such a slog yes. right at the at very, very beginning. beginning. Yeah. So starting yeah. it again just does not it's, bring me any joy in the slightest. It is difficult, and the Gen, Gen Seven games. I enjoy them more every time I play them, but yeah, absolute right. Just give me a dialogue skip button or a cutscene skip button and maybe an option where, you know, you don't play for 10 minutes, then get your starters, then play for another hour, and then you're into the game. It's like, just yeah. let me straighten the game. Anyway, uh, Switch. I mean, it's Legends Arceus. Yeah, it is Legends Arceus. So, let's... Let, 
let's take that out. Let's say the main gens. So let's say we've got to choose. Well, then between... we've only got Sword and Shield. Uh, Sword and Shield, EDSP. Because I, because I, no, 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 no. Let's no. go. I've not played them yet. Have you not? No. Oh, we need an episode on that at some point because I. I absolutely love the Let's Go games. I know. I, I would. I would love to look at it now yes. that the kind of, I was going to say the hype for it has died down, but the hate for it yes. has died down. I can have my own view on yes. it, and I might be able to like get something out of the game. Right. Okay. We we you, you need to do that so we can do an episode on that at one one point in the in the future because I would love to have a discussion about that because I remember when it did come out and people were just ripping into it. And I love that game. Absolutely. Lo- it gets so much right. Don't get me wrong. There, there are things that I'm not a huge fan of, but it gets so much right. Um, so, okay, right. Uh, are you ready for... The the next question kind of ties in with this, and we, we've kind of half answered it. Is it opinions on the new gen of Pokemon games on the Switch era, courtesy of Hangry Ever Hungaring, I think? Okay, so... I think they've tried this this generation. You're talking about the Switch era, yes, kind of thing. Yeah. So let's go yep. Sword and Shield yep. and Legends Arceus with Scarlet and Violet to come. And because we can't comment on those just yet, or and BDSP. Oh, just meh, meh. Well, okay, let, let's just both go on the record here. BDSP, absolute waste of a waste of a license. Oh, I don't, I don't know what it is for me because it's it's not a bad game. Mm. Okay, mm. it does a lot right. In in that, I mean, it basically it speeds up uh, Diamond and Pearl, yeah. yeah, massively, which was one of the biggest problems I've always had with Gen Four. It's yeah. just slow. so slow. Yeah, I've never had the biggest nostalgia for Gen Four no. anyway. I yeah. think we both discussed last week. That's yeah. kind of where we both kind of dropped the franchise mm-hmm. and was the game that made us go, "Eh, okay, I might be over this now." Yeah. So I didn't have a lot of love for it going in. I think it missed a trick in not being a platinum remake. Agreed. I understand that they wanted to make a Diamond and Pearl remake, mm-hmm. but Platinum introduced way too much to that game for it to be just dropped. Um, the Distortion World, the updated teams, and all that kind oh, of I stuff. Forgot about the just, Distortion it's, World. That's beautiful. Oh, that yeah. is. Oh, right. So it's a mistake that they dropped a lot of that yep. stuff. I. I did a sleep lock of Brilliant Diamond the Ooh, day it released. I remember that. That's brutal. I did. I I played the entire game in twenty hours, and I'll tell you what. By the end of it, I was really mad. I was mad that I beat that sleep lock. Yes, because I won due to the affection mechanic. Oh, it saves you. Hate the affection you. mechanic. And the reason I hate it, right, is because they finally gave the gym leaders. Uh, sorry, the Elite Four had. IVs and EVs. Yes, yes, the power. They had actual strategy. Mm. They had good held items, and they made a really powerful Elite Four Mm. that just gets nerfed because my Pokemon refuses to die. Yeah, it just stays in. It just really like it's. I've had it before where it survived. I think three turns on the bounce because Uh of the friendship. It it cures itself from poison. It survived a critical hit all the way down to one HP, even though it's already on one HP. Yep. I just stop. Just, just, I want to lose at this point. I'm not enjoying this. <laughs> oh, it's such a shame. The the games that could have been, eh? Um, what about the other games on the on the Switch? 
again, let's go. I can't really comment on too okay. much. Okay. I appreciate what they try to do. Yeah. I feel like this generation or this era, I think rather than a generation, is trying to update the formula a lot. I think uh, they yeah. are trying to yeah. uh, test the waters with new mechanics, new play styles. Let's go obviously got a lot of flack for it. Mm -hmm. I think it broke a lot of new grounds. I think the walking with Pokemon has never been done better. Agreed. That That is just, oh, it looks so good in that game. You know, riding the Arcanine, yeah. riding the, yeah. uh, even like the Charizard and the Aerodactyl, mm -hmm. the Snorlax have is seen, one of my favorites. Have you favorites. seen the Electrode? <laughs> just Does runs, it roll, you it just roll on top of on it. it? Yeah, it's fantastic. So yeah, those kind of things are perfect. I think the design is actually really smart. Mm -hmm. I think it's really well implemented. Um, I'm not sold on the catching mechanic just yet, but yeah. again, not played the game, so can't really have an opinion on it. I think they're fine. Yeah. I think they're fine. I don't think they deserve the hate that they got. No. And I know you've got a soft spot, so I'll, I'll let you go off. Um, I what I. Uh, there are issues with, with Let's Go. Um, one is they should have just made it a sequel. I don't get the whole... Well, it's a, it's a remake, but it's also a sequel, and it overlaps the timeline of Fire Red and Leaf Green. Uh, they should have just made it a, a sequel. Uh, I do enjoy the catching mechanic, but only because I played it to play with my daughter. If I'd have played it on my own first, I think I would have been, gotten frustrated with it. Um... I love the fact that that was the first introduction to Pokemon in the overworld. Uh, yep. I want it, yeah. Uh, love that. Which was, which was so well implemented that they tried to jam it into Sword and Shield yes. right at the very end of creation. Oh, did they? Oh, was that Which not... is why it doesn't work quite as well in Sword and Shield because oh, it was a last minute edition. That explains that then because in Let's Go, it works almost perfectly that the pokemon actually feel a lot a lot more alive in that than they do in um sword and shield um the shiny catching mechanic is absolutely amazing i love that um i love the that hms are revamped it's one of the best ways hms have been introduced i think um i love the post game where it actually challenges you to oh you beat the game well now you can go and track down um green and red and battle them uh you can battle basically the elite trainers where it's a one-on-one -on -one battle between like your Caterpie versus their Caterpie, your pikachu versus their pikachu and it's really difficult to the point where i never complete it uh the art style i think is is i still think it's the best art style we've ever had in a pokemon game Ooh, it's there's there's a there's a hot oh, take oh it's gorgeous i absolutely just fell in love with it it's it's just the right level of it's not trying to be too realistic but it's not too chibi it's just got i could take some updated lighting on it uh if yes. i if i had to make a comment yes. i i think you're right the actual design is really nice i could yeah. use some better lighting yeah i can get everything it. seems a little bit bright i can get that um i love the fact that it's just so colorful I, I love a colourful game, and to to go from, you know, I, I even though I've played Fire Red and Leaf Green, they're not what I remember of Gen 1. It's, it's you know, that black and white, and just the fact that, you know, you you, you get out and you're in Pallet Town, it's like, oh, it's so green and colourful, and I love it. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot I love, I love about that game. Um, so, Sword and Shield... 
They're good games. You've gotten better over time, I feel. Yeah. I mean, I think the the expansion pack did a lot for them, Agreed. especially the second one. Yes. I actually didn't play uh, the Isle of Armor for years, mm-hmm. actually, after it came out because people just tore it apart. And I, I'm one of these people where if something's too hyped or too hated, I won't I won't touch it. I yeah. need to leave it so that I can come into it almost with like fresh eyes yeah. uh, and develop my own opinion. So I came back to the Isle of Armor, I think this year. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, and I really enjoyed it. I, I thought the characters were really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, I, I, I enjoyed it. It wasn't very long. No. And no. I think if I'd played it when it first came out and that, you know, I'd paid however much for the expansion and that's all I had access to now, I'd probably be a bit miffed, but yeah. I I got I got some good time out of it. Mm-hmm. I think I've used the Max Raid Dens are some of my most played yeah. good fun. time in Pokemon. I don't I don't do a lot of online battling. I don't do a lot of trading. I'm not yeah. a shiny hunter or anything. So it gave me something to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh once I'd beaten the game. That was really fun. I think a lot of the characters in it are really good. I think Hop. Oh boy, Hop. <laughs> I have so many thoughts on oh, Hop, see, but that might be an entire yeah, episode. <laughs> I, I tell you what we should do at some point. We should do an episode on the rivals. Yes. That'd be yeah, that'd, no, I agree that, completely. That'd be good. Um so let let's let's part that bus for now. Um Sword and Shield is one of those ones where that when I played it the first time, I was left disappointed. But as I've gone back and revisited it especially for challenge videos as well. The challenge videos, because every, I've, ha- I've heard a lot of complaints about, oh, Sword and Shield's really easy. Try and do a challenge on it, then like a solo Pokemon run, or, you know, limiting yourself, and you'll realize actually how difficult the game can be, especially when I I, I didn't realize this until I did um, did a, um, a video where I tried to beat it with just a Baldum, and mm-hmm. I set up the EVs of... Uh, is it the EVs of my Pokemon? The EVs are the ones where you can build up to a maximum 252, right? Is that the IVs? It's the uh, EVs. The, uh, EVs. No, the EVs are the ones you can build up to 252. That's it. That's, it. that's the ones that you develop. Yes. The IVs are the ones it's born right. with. Right, that's it. So I I had the EVs set up in a certain way, and I got to Chairman Rose in, in that battle, and I just couldn't get past with Baldum, who only has four moves, so it was really difficult. So I was like, okay, right. If I reset this, respect my um, my EVs to a certain way, I should be able to get past this. And by changing the EVs, it changed what, what Chairman Rose actually did in that battle. And it made oh, me wow. realize there's a lot more going on under the hood. Because obviously it looked at the EVs and gone, well, now instead of two-shotting you, I can one-shot you. So it went from, oh, boosted me speed, but actually that doesn't help me to get through this battle. Um, so there's a lot more going on on the, the hood of that game than I think some people realize or give it credit for. And the DLC for those games was DLC done right, in, in my opinion. And the wild area I was disappointed with, but the, the smaller wild areas you get in the DLC felt a lot more real. Like they didn't they, just they felt more packed. Yes. They felt like there was a lot more going on. Yeah. Whereas the wild area in in the core game, Pokemon Sword and Shield, just Open Plains, really. It's just it's like, empty. well, this is your plains yeah. area. It's like great, some grass. It's just, Here's your desert area. Great yeah. desert. 
It's just empty. here's your snowy area. It's so, just a grass area, but it snows. Yeah, yeah. Pre- All right, great. Thanks, pretty, guys. Pretty, pretty much. So, just very quickly, was so when you said that originally the Pokemon weren't supposed to be in the overworld, does that mean there wasn't going to be a wild area, or that the wild area was just had no Pokemon in it? Or did I we not know? couldn't tell you. I, I again, I, I will try and find yeah. the. Uh, the interview where they were like, no, after we saw how people reacted to Pokemon in the overworld yeah. and Let's Go Pikachu, we yeah. tried to include that in Sword and Shield. But their main premise for the game was Dynamaxing. Yes. And I really I really liked the way they think about yeah. it because they were like, well, the Switch, you can play it in the small version or yeah. you can put it on the big screen. Mm. So let's take our small Pokemon and make them big. Yeah, I like that. I like Let's that. make it an event. Oh, we're in the UK. What's an event in the UK? Oh, football oh, or soccer for our American yes. audiences. Let's make these stadiums this oh, huge event. They got and the right. music. Yeah. Oh, yes. the music is yes. some of the best in Pokemon. Agreed. It's just so good. Agreed. That, 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 the gym leader theme oh. is on my gym list. It's so good. Just the audience getting into it. And they're like, ah, ah. So good. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, one last thing that um those games Oh, where was I going with that? Oh, yes. One one last thing where that, that those games got right is the climax with um so typically like whenever you you're in a Pokemon game, it's like you've got to you've got to beat the legendary Pokemon. And it's always right, there's legendary Pokemon, Master Ball, done and dusted, like, oh, that was a bit anticlimactic. The four-on-one battle against Eternatus. Oh, mm-hmm. when when like you're battling and nothing's happening, it's beating Charizard and, and Leon, and then Zamazenta and Zacian appear, and the music kicks in, and it's a four on one battle. Oh my god, that is that is how legendary battles should feel like. Where it's really cool. Oh. They don't they don't even give you the box art legendary till post game. Yes, which I love. I love that because he, he because. It happens in all the other generations. You get the legendary Pokemon that's on on the front of the game, and it it it's just OP. And you end up using that in the Elite Four and just wrecking sharp. And this didn't feel like that. It it, it you needed to build a, a a team, and you couldn't rely on you know overpowered Pokemon. Um, yeah. And you're right. You fight this legendary, and it feels like you're fighting for the for the to save the yes, world. It, it feels, feels like, like if like you that, lose yes. here, yeah. That that giant hand in the sky is going to destroy yes, everything. Definitely, definitely. Um, okay, uh, the only other game is Legends Arcus, but I think we both love that game. Yeah, we both agree it's a yeah. fantastic game. The overworld maybe needs some more stuff going on yeah. in it, but yeah, we've spoke before about the the game mechanics being fantastic and something I really want implemented more in the main series. Definitely. Uh, one final question will be really quick. Uh, who do you think is the most underrated Pokemon ever from Captain Mod? Oh, there is a question. Go on, you you can start oh, this one as I take a think. Um, probably like Sunken gets like just absolutely. No, actually, you know what? No, um, um, oh, what what's 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 that Pokemon that hasn't got an evolution begins with D? Um, Dunsparce. D- Dunsparce. That's underrated, I I feel. No, one, no, it's not. Dunsparce is overrated. It gets so much love from the fandom. Uh, they all want it to have an evolution. I'm hanging around. Dunsparce is overrated. Okay, I'm hanging around the wrong communities then. Apparently, what well, if you if you got <laughs> this is a really hard one just to do off the top of your head. Have you got one? This is because you think an underrated Pokemon. You've got to actually like think. It's just I I 
I'm trying to think of a oh here you go swoobat yes okay yeah 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 simply because going back to my black nuzlocke i i started that series with swoobat being the one pokemon i hated mm -hmm. i will always say like i don't i don't hate pokemon anymore because that's really it's really dumb every pokemon has its value and everyone can win you over yeah. and it was that black series that made me realize it because i caught this swoobat mm. and i was like oh no i hate swoobat i hate his stupid nose and his big furry neckerchief and a dumb bat face and ooh, swooba <laughs> and this thing it didn't carry my team but it pulled its weight yeah 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 and, and i just fell in love with it by the end so yeah you go swooba you, you go um actually i want to change my answer um go on chikorita and i know i'm biased of course i know i'm biased here but like whenever i see a poll on reddit or twitter and it's like and they've, they've got a limited amount of options and gen 2 is always missed out and it's always like mm -hmm. other and everyone just absolutely just craps on the Chikorita line. And it's unfortunate because, like, Meganium is like a good tank. It's a good stalling Pokemon. And it does have its have its uses. And it saved me in Nuzlocks in, in the past. So, yeah, there we go. Not that I'm biased or anything. It suffered in its home region. It did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The first couple of gyms just absolutely wrecks it, unfortunately. Um, right. That is all the comments and questions that we have this week. As always, you can reach us by leaving a comment on our podcast on YouTube or by he or by healing, emailing goldenrodpod at gmail.com. Uh, right. Uh, very quickly, Fidget. Fidget. I've done it again. Connie, what have you got going on this week? Oh, what have I got going on this week? Uh, not a lot, maybe. So we've got, hopefully, uh, not going to be rushed out, but has been expedited. Mm. I've got a video coming out about a missed detail from the second trailer of Scarlet and Violet um, that covers the fact that we're going to have more than just gyms available to us mm. and what the possible evil teams are will be oh okay Lo absolutely love that um for me uh i'm starting a new collab series uh, i've already recorded the first two it is a cage lock um i'm not going to say who it's with because we've not announced who it's with yet uh and the other thing that i'm working on is a um it's a video around what is the worst team to take on brock with um to the point where the reason i've done this is i've been thinking about it for a while but i've seen a couple of videos where it was like What's the best team for this region? And then I've seen a couple of videos where it's like, oh, what's the worst team for this region? But when I've watched those videos, it feels very much like a, well, I can still beat the game. It might be the worst team, but I can still beat the game with it if I, you know, grinded, you know, high enough or whatever. And then I thought to myself, what's the worst team to take on Brock to the point where you physically cannot get past Brock? Like, it is impossible to get past Brock, even though you've Ooh. got a full team of six. Um, so I'll finish the script. Uh, I need to record that. It should only be a, a quick five minute, maybe 10 minute video at the max, but I'm looking forward to, to doing that. Um, so yeah, that, I think I might, did I talk about this last week? I think so. I think you briefly mentioned it. Well, it's, it's come a long way since then. So it's pretty, the script's done. I just need to record it and then pull it together. Um, right. Okay. That's the show for this week. All wrapped up. Uh, if you've gotten this far, you're just a top dollar, aren't you? <laughs> Oh, I can't in. believe I'm keeping that in. Uh, Connor, where can we find you? You can find me on my YouTube channel at Captain Fidget or on Twitter at Cap Fidget. Perfect. And I'm Ben, and you can find me as Professor Hoen on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. As for the Golden Rock Podcast, you can find us on all the usual platforms. Search for Golden Rock Podcast on YouTube or on your usual podcast app. 
leave a like on YouTube, or a five-star review if you're listening as a podcast. We'll be back next week for another week of Pokemon podcast content. See ya.